Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. You're listening to Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Now, in September 2021, the Singapore Exchange introduced new rules to enable the listing of special purpose acquisition companies or SPACs. And fast forward to the beginning of 2022, and the race is now on for SPACs here in Singapore. Pegasus was the second SPAC to register its prospectus with the Monetary Authority of Singapore, with units now expected to commence trading. On the 21st of January. To find out all about it, it's my pleasure to welcome Mr. Neil Parekh, CEO of Pegasus Asia. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rachel, for having me today. It's our absolute pleasure. We look forward to finding out more about your plans. But perhaps we can start off because Pegasus is set to be one of the first SPACs to list here in Singapore and therefore by default one of the first in Asia. Can you share with us your journey to getting here? Thanks, uh, Rachel. So it's been an interesting journey. Um, you know, being in the investment business, we have seen many high-growth, tech-enabled companies prosper in the last couple of years, with a desire to go public eventually. So when the Singapore Exchange came up with uh, what we consider to be a very balanced set of regulations, uh, we were interested in matching our interest in investing in these companies with the new SPAC framework that was set up by the MAS. So uh, we started on this journey, as you mentioned, the rules came out in September, and uh, we hope to be one of the first SPACs to list in Singapore. And that said, as you mentioned, you will be one of the first. Why start off? Why not wait for a few others to test the waters before throwing your hat into the ring? Oh, our belief is there's a huge advantage to being a first mover. Uh, as we may know, the first round of SPACs uh, in this term in the U.S., so the SPACs done in, uh, say, 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. that have already completed these SPACs, have been very successful in generating strong returns for the investors. And we feel that uh, having a wide selection of companies that all the SPACs in the first round would have would be of great benefit for all of us. And uh, uh, we, we, we like the number of candidates that we see that could potentially mm-hmm. be DSPAC candidates. And uh, quite frankly, being part of the first round is a privilege and an honor. I have to ask you then, how do you think SPACs are going to change the market here in Singapore? You've been in the industry for a long time. I think uh, the Singapore market already has many good options for great income of REITs. But there has been generally a scarcity of good ideas for generating capital gains. And I think with the framework that SGX and MAS have set up, the regulators have set up, we will be able to get many high growth companies come to market through the SPAC route in Singapore. So from an investor standpoint, there will be diversity of income generating ideas as well as capital gains ideas as we go forward. Okay, so let's get into it then, because according to the prospectus lodged with MAS, you plan to focus on businesses and technology-enabled sectors. Perhaps you can share with us some examples of what exactly it is that you're looking for. So broadly speaking, we're looking for businesses that have a reason to exist uh, as for providing the products and services that they're providing already to existing customers. But they're looking to use technology to really disrupt their own business as well as their own sectors, meaning 
they're looking to provide better products, better services at better prices, potentially for customers, institutional, you know, uh, wholesale or or uh, uh, smaller businesses or individuals, which helps uh, create value. Now, we have felt that in the last few years, there are many companies that are on the path to doing that, and mm-hmm. some have already accomplished doing that. So that, those, are the, uh, those are the kind of businesses we are looking at, and we are looking at them in a few specific sectors, not across the board. So we're looking at, uh, say, consumer tech, uh, prop tech, uh, financial services with the fintech lens, obviously, and uh, including insure tech. So those are the kind of businesses we are looking at, where there's a reason to exist for the business already is established. Are they able to use technology to take it to the next level? And those, we feel there are many businesses that are uh, have already done so or on the cusp of doing so. Any particular businesses you've got your eye on so far? Right now, we just focus on the IPO. We're speaking with Mr. Neil Parekh, CEO of Pegasus Asia. And that said, so Pegasus is offering 25.6 million units, each comprising one share and half a warrant. Uh, you've got a market cap of around 150 mil Singapore dollars um, with a target price and date set for the 21st of January. It's a tight race. You've got a few SPACs listing around the same time. Looking at the prospectus, you you also state that you're a newly incorporated entity with no operating history and you're not going to commence operations prior to the offering. And we've got quite a number of others coming into the market. Why should investors perhaps consider your offering? I think um, we don't see ourselves as being in direct competition with anybody simply mm-hmm. because uh, I think every SPAC has their own value proposition. From our standpoint, uh, we are the only international sponsor in the first three. The only sponsor that has already done two SPACs before. Um, we have significant alignment of interest. The sponsors mm-hmm. are putting in a total of uh, 69 million SING into the SPAC, which consists of 7 million of Atros Capital, 22 million as one of the largest investors in the IPO, as well as an unconditional FPA of 40 million, which will be part of the pipe that we will do when we de-SPAC. Now that's significant capital investment, as you can imagine, when in a deal of this size. Lastly, we believe that with our uh, experience board, our independent directors, we bring a different lens of scrutiny. And uh, the sponsors see themselves as investors, not as promoters. So they, they, they welcome that scrutiny that comes with having a very accomplished a set of um, independent directors. As you may know, in the Singapore context, the DSPAC has to be approved not only by the shareholders, but by a majority of independent directors. In other jurisdictions, it is the shareholders and the board as a whole. Here, it is the independent directors who will approve them. Also, the founders do not vote their shares. And uh, from a sponsor standpoint, these checks and balances, these guardrails, if I may say, that have been put in place by the regulators are very good because that makes for a very sustainable, solid system as we go forward. Now, you mentioned you you haven't identified any specific companies at the moment, but you do have two years to do so with a one-year extension according to the SGX listing rules. But what's your particular timeline to de-SPAC? Well, frankly, Rachel, as soon as possible. And in M&A, having been doing this a long time, mm-hmm. you never predict a date because you can never know what you know what can may come your way uh in my career i've seen deals happen a lot sooner 
few times and many times they take a little longer. So uh, impossible to predict a date, but our goal is to despack ASAP. And I'll tell you why, because we are not doing a portfolio company trade for sure. Meaning we are not taking one of our portfolio companies and putting into the SPAC. And that's the principle that we follow across the board because we feel that's we want to do a market transaction. Now, when you're doing a market transaction, it is truly a privilege and an honor to be part of the first round of SPACs. The reason is you have the whole uh, ecosystem in front of you to be able to de-SPAC. And that's the reason why the first round of uh, SPACs in the US did very well, is the ratio of potential candidates to SPACs looking for those candidates mm -hmm. was skewed much more in favor of the SPACs. Today, as you know, in the US, it's a totally inverted market where literally everything is an option. So we feel that we need to move fast to be able to consummate the transactions so as to avail of the kind of uh, exclusive period that we have in the short run. Uh, long answer to a short question, but the, the idea is to do it ASAP. After you de-SPAC, as you mentioned, as soon as possible, are you planning to do more? Right now, we just focus on the IPO, get that done first, then do the de-SPAC. So we have no plans at all uh, for anything other than the current uh, deal we're doing. Let's see how it goes, to be frank. But I just want to rewind a little bit, because as you know, SPACs are new to the market here in Singapore. Can you perhaps help us to understand um, the structure, understand what to expect post-acquisition once you de-spec? What exactly happens then and what will be your involvement once that takes place? So once the de-spec happens, and we're going by examples in other markets, obviously, because this would be amongst the first packs and de-specs in Singapore, um, is the two companies merge as a publicly listed company. And um, usually the majority shareholder is, are the shareholders who are already invested in the company prior to the merger. The SPAC IPO investors and the SPAC pipe investors are the minority investors. A new board is put together that may or may not include directors from the SPAC. And um, a new chairman potentially can be uh, in place. And a business strategy that is put in place to help grow the company as a publicly listed company going forward. And one of the things we are very keen is to make sure that, you know, being in a public market environment, the governance that is needed around a publicly listed company is far more rigorous than in a private environment. And uh, we want to be sure that we have the right governance in place. Um, so that's what would happen. And, uh, uh, once the new structure is put in place, then it starts trading as a combined entity. There is only one unit of stock that trades at that point of time on the exchange. And you're like any other publicly listed entity at that point of time. From your perspective, though, what are the advantages of going down the SPAC route in comparison to, say, looking at a traditional m and um, From our perspective, the two main advantages. One is you can do private equity kind of due diligence. Mm -hmm. prior to announcing the DSPAC, meaning we are private equity investors. We do deep due diligence. We have the ability to do deep due diligence because you're in the private markets at the point of time. And then, so in many ways, you know, you're walking in with your eyes wide open. Um, and we feel that's a you know, significant advantage in helping create value down the road. That's one. 
from the standpoint of a, a company that is looking to perhaps piece back is the surety of a transaction, the ability to work with an international sponsor group that has a very established track record of creating value for all companies and all shareholders, which includes Stickeo Capital, LVMH Group, and um, having significant capital resources available, meaning the the pipe that would be put in place would allow for additional growth capital or and above the SPAC IPO proceeds. As you know, the SPAC IPO proceeds go completely into escrow till the DSPAC is announced. So it's the SPAC IPO proceeds or potential pipe put together. And it's in the potential pipe that the sponsors have committed 40 million sing dollars, unconditional 40 million sing dollars. Um, so for a high growth company, that's a significant source of capital while getting a well-established international group to help create value going forward. So I think it's an attractive um, proposition for both sides for the right DSPAC candidates. Wonderful. Well, you've shared with us the type of company you're looking to acquire, your journey to getting to a SPAC and why a SPAC. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us today? I think um, in my view, having watched uh, the evolution of the SPAC regime in Singapore and being involved in the consultation paper that was put together um, more than a year ago and commenting on that, I think the, f- the, the framework that has been put together by the SGX has, is a very solid one, simply because there are very strong guardrails put in place to protect the retail as well as the institutional investors. You know, there are many features in the Singapore rules that are much tighter than other jurisdictions. The minimum three and a half percent of risk capital that has to be put in place. Of course, this sponsor group has put in 64 million over and above the minimum risk capital because they see themselves as investors and they're looking for partners. Um, but broadly speaking, I think the framework that has been set, put in place by SGX is very good for a long sustained uh, business to be set up where then we hope to see numerous packs come to market in the you know years to come. I mean, I was here, I'm showing my age. I was here when the first read was done. And uh, from that time to today, where we are, we had a thriving REIT market. Mm-hmm. I think we reached a point where um, we hope to emulate that, emulate that in, in the context of SPACs going forward. And I think the framework that has been set up by the SUX uh, certainly is leading us in that direction. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for your time and thanks for the invite and uh, uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you. We've been speaking with Mr. Neil Parag, CEO of Pegasus Asia. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.